Fuck crypto. You don't need anxiety. Before you bought a bullshit fantasy coin, your life was good. But then you made some money and became greedy. Now the bullshit coin is fucked. And nobody can tell you when it is going to be unfucked. Even the motherfucker who convinced you to buy the bullshit coin, who told you that it is going to be the next big thing, that motherfucker is nowhere to be found. You are on your own. And all you can do is cry about it in the shower and hope and believe that your bullshit coin will go up in price again so that you can sell it and make some money and buy some more and then get fucked all over again. That is crypto. All systems go. Prepare for countdown. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Blast off to adventure in the amazing year 400 billion. Obscene, dirty, filthy, immoral. What are you people? On dope? Today is Sunday, February 5th, 2023. And my name is Matt. And I'm BJ. This is episode number 791, thejamhole.com. That's the site. Check it out. Back for another, just a quick check-in. Making sure everybody's still here. Everybody's still okay. Still surviving. I am. How are you? I am okay. How are you still surviving, though? Ooh. That's that's a harder question, I think. Doing all right? Getting enough uh getting enough sleep? Probably not, but you know. Getting <laughs> Getting enough Z's in. Oh my goodness. It's like I just can't get it right. Well, you you stay up till 4 a.m. and then that that's where you keep going wrong, I think, is your bedtime. I just I'm not up till 4 a.m. No? No. Okay. Okay. Uh, Did you guys, is, is, I just need to make sure that, like, everything's okay out there, because I'm seeing several conflicting reports now. It started out as a, a thing on Twitter, and then, you know, as things tend to do, jokes and memes got made of it. And then I saw, like, actual news articles about it. And I was like, all right, well, maybe it is real. <laughs> and then my mom hit me up. Oh, we're talking this, eh? And she was like, did you know that Chinese are spying on Montana? <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, did you see the weather balloon thing? And so, like, it, it is, is it? Is it not? Like, do, do we know what it is? I mean, I assume some people know what it is, and they're just, like, on a need-to-know basis, and, like, we don't need to know, but... That's the more likely like, situation. <laughs> I would appreciate it as just, like, a normal, everyday pleb if, like, sites like Business Insider... And then sites like the New York Times, if they could, like, get the facts 
checked. Like, I, I know they got some extra interns. They got somebody that isn't doing jack fuck all right now during this whole time. And, like, maybe they could verify some some stuff, maybe? And they're I, even I getting know. you to do it from home. Is like, that, most of them don't even have to leave home anymore. Is that too much to ask? I don't think it is. Because, like, the... Uh, and the stuff on Twitter that I first saw about it was funny because, you know, you know how Twitter be. Everybody is whatever expert their the thing is at the time. Right. So like everybody went through being a financial advisor, investor, and then everybody turned into like psychologists and everybody was like, you know, make sure for your wellness, for your mental health, you know, take care of your mental health and drink like 12 glasses of, of water a day and two shots of whiskey for your mental health and go touch grass and, and everything and, and unplug. <laughs> right. So they were they were they were psychologists right after they were all financial advisors. And that was right after the the big crash right the the Gretzky that we've mentioned a few times on the show uh so after you get you know kicked in the dick like like that hard you just change change professions i guess <laughs> and and so this shit comes out and and now everybody's like like a, a navy or an air air what's it called? Air force air guard. I almost called it like everybody's a professional air guard <laughs> and, and what they're really doing. And I mean, I'm sure some of them like did their, their time and their service for our country. And, and thank you for that. Uh, but like, I think a lot of them are just like checking out these different flight tracker websites and just, I don't know if it's like, a self-fulfilling prophecy that they're like, they want to see this thing. So their brains are like matching patterns and they're like, see, it is, it is this thing, but it is just really funny to see how everybody quickly shifts being ex experts in different professions like that. I love that shit. Uh, so the New York times says, and this, this just came out like today, like a little while ago, uh, this one is called U.S. Navy Divers Work to Recover Debris from Chinese Spy Balloon. Okay, in the headline, Chinese Spy Balloon <laughs> as Diplomacy Dwindles. The effort off the coast of South Carolina is expected to take days. And I, you know, the other thing I can appreciate, Elon is out there just like launching rockets and then catching them in ships like the same fucking day. And these guys are like, how many days is it going to take you to go recover a fucking weather balloon? Like, I, I don't, how many pieces are there here. really to that? Well, it started out I mean, as one it's piece just a balloon. and then they shot it down, I guess <laughs> into several smaller pieces and what, I'm not a, a professional in any of these fields, but from from my amateur naked eye looks to be anthrax just spewing forth from this balloon here. <laughs> and now it says that the U.S. officials are watching for any sort of retaliation from China. For shooting down that one spy balloon? That was our balloon. <laughs> I saw some, some of the memes were so funny. People were like drawing shit on the balloon. One of them was like, not spy baroon, 
not spraying or something like that. All written, all racist. It's just just so funny, though. I know it's racist, but it's funny racism. It's not like the other kind of racism that's not funny, right? There's funny racism, right? I can't be the only one that thinks that. Obviously, there are lines and not all. I mean, it it is either kind of all funny or or none of it is. But I think on the spectrum of things that are like, funny to real funny and then maybe at the other end of that spectrum like not really that funny it's just like like the way you say something in general you know yeah you gotta just type lol after everything you say (laughs) and then (laughs) it'll be fine (laughs) what show was that in uh, that he's like sorry does something he's sorry no it it was ronry in the Team America movie, where they had Kim Jong sing I'm Ronery. <laughs> See, that's funny racism, right? Because it's North Korea, right? I bet if they, if they did that about, like, South Korea, you know, the, the nice Koreans, then maybe people would have a problem with it. I, I don't fucking know. People, have, people pick weird fucking hills to die on. I, I'm sure I pick some weird ones myself. You know, that's just how it is. <laughs> The thing is, you don't pick any hills, except for the yeah. ones that, like, burn. Yeah. I think I, I like to pick the ones that I see people get, like, overly upset about, because those are always, like, fun hills to die on, because I don't give a fuck, and I'm just doing it for fun, but, like, they actually care about it, right? So, like, if you can just keep like taking it one step further you know they're gonna keep taking it because so you're they poking the care. bear is what you're saying yeah i mean i wouldn't call them bears i mean maybe like you're egging it on puppies or something <laughs> uh navy divers searching for debris from the chinese spy balloon that a u.s fighter jet shot down off the coast of south carolina it's such an american thing to do Shoot it down. (laughs) My whole thought, like, when I saw that, I was like, well, what if it is, like, some sort of weird, like, bomb or some shit, and the second we shoot it down, it just fucking nuclear detonation happens. You know, like, that's the kind of shit I was thinking about. Like, if you shoot it down, you're spreading whatever's in it all over the, you know, like, that. that's kind of where I went with it, but... And then I saw some articles that were saying, like, when Trump was pressed, like, that we had them shits flying overhead all the time. (laughs) Some people saying that they were over Montana, like, just checking on their property. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's totally what we need to do. China owns a lot of that property out there, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they just, you know, needed to come check on their property because, you know, it was during the pandemic and they just couldn't really get they here. They got Ronery. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you, coniferous trees. I'm Ronery. <laughs> the recovery effort, which is expected to take days, possibly weeks, maybe perhaps even months, depending on how much nothing we find here. Uh, it began not long after debris from the balloon hit the water on Saturday, a defense official said. He added that a Navy ship had arrived on scene and that other Navy and Coast Guard ships, which had been put on alert, had also been dispatched. So realistically, it can't be that important because if the like Roswell incident happened the way they like say it did, you know, like the whole alien thing happened. They had that shit done in like two hours. Nothing happened here. 
Yeah, but, but it's shooting take- down a flying saucer is probably a lot easier than shooting down a balloon. Like, those weather balloons are really big. And I actually, I came across another story because... It wasn't shot down. It was like, it just crash landed. Google thinks I'm like super into fucking weather balloons now. (laughs) So like, it's giving me all this other dope fucking insight on them. But apparently, it was like 25 years ago or something. Like, I guess some British fighter jet tried to shoot one down. And they just put like a thousand rounds of just like lead into it. And it just like, the balloon just stayed... Doing its thing. <laughs> Blue is like, whatever. Man. That would be so frustrating. <laughs> right? You're in this like fucking multi million dollar fighter jet, like this machine of death, and like this balloon just like, whatever, fam, I'm chilling. <laughs> Up here vibing, just <laughs> taking pictures of my proper day. <laughs> but what I'm saying with that is that was supposedly a weather balloon, too, right? That well, I mean, the weather bl- that's, balloon. that's what they use. I mean, whether it's <laughs> whether or not it's a spy, it's the payload that you got to worry about. The balloon itself, like, yeah, I mean, they used a weather balloon to launch that one dude way up to the whatever sphere, the stratosphere. Remember that? That dude that yes. fucking broke the record. He had that funny name. I remember what his name was. Borgen but... Shorshin or something like that. No, it wasn't that, but... <laughs> That shit was crazy. That Red Bull thing. I remember watching that shit at like, I think it was at mom's house on the fucking Amazon TV because it was the only thing streaming up there. (laughs) And dude just fucking jumped out of like a space capsule pretty much. But the thing that brought him way up there, that was a, a weather balloon. So gotcha. Gotcha. Weather balloons are no joke, man. That that shit will take you into fucking space and then deflate and then you will fall to your death. My point here, though. That I was, is they made it all disappear. Like, it's gonzo, no pieces left. Like, we clean that shit up in, like, two hours. Oh, yeah. But here is it fucking decades later. And it's gonna take us, it's gonna take us possibly months to clean up this one up. That probably also never happened. And this, like, is clearly there. You don't see, and I know it's a different time. There's not as many cameras back then as there are now. But, like... These aren't fucking bullshit, Bigfoot, blurry fucking blur squatch photos. You know, like these are, you can clearly see there is a a thing on a balloon there, right? Like people saw the shit. So you can't just make it disappear when people see the shit, especially when people are already paranoid. And it's over Montana where like 80% of the fucking world's militias live in Idaho and Montana. I get the, okay, even, you know, the space, the fucking This is UFO a weird hill aside. for you to die on. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm saying Fall the UFO aside, their story is it's an, a what? A weather balloon. Yeah. So that weather balloon, but which happened. But weather balloon? Well, that was the U.S.'s apparently. Like that was a naval mission gone wrong, whatever. Okay. Or not naval. A military okay. mission. Hey, this is your story. story. This is the stuff you fall asleep watching on <laughs> fucking YouTube. So, uh, a confrontation over a single surveillance balloon deemed harmless by the Pentagon could destabilize diplomacy between the two countries. Showed the difficulties of putting guardrails on the relationship. Maybe if you guys would quit talking like fucking weirdos to each <laughs> other and just like. Hash it out like a couple of fucking bros, a couple of country running fucking rich and powerful old ass bros. 
probably like sidestep a lot of this nonsense. Just like sending each other fucking letters via weather balloon. Hey, Joe, fuck you. <laughs> Uh, the Chinese government denounced the U.S. decision to down the balloon, calling it a, quote, excessive reaction that seriously violates international convention. I'm sorry. International convention, the foreign ministry said. China retains the right to respond further. <laughs> okay. I guess we're uh, at war then? Over I, a weather balloon. Over your weather balloon. American officials said they were watching China carefully for any reactions beyond words, like middle fingers or what have you. Ooh, a middle finger on another balloon? Including potential strikes <laughs> on American assets. Officials from the State Department and the White House National Security Council spoke with Chinese officials about the downing of the balloon soon after it happened. And the State Department also briefed officials in allied and partner nations. And, like, some fucking meetings and shit were postponed. So, all of that, right? I don't want to spend, like, a whole lot more time on this. But all of that, New York Times, okay, dope. Business Insider comes out and is like, A standard high-altitude research tool became the world's most tracked aircraft after thousands of people mistook it for the suspected Chinese spy balloon. So now I don't even know, was there even a spy balloon? Is this another one? I don't even know what's going on now. Flight Radar 24 updated its listing on the thing and said, sorry, this is not a Chinese balloon. <laughs> so, because your homie at the New York Times uh, wrote like 2,000 words on it being one and you just like said no. No, it's not. That's not how this happened. <laughs> At least 4,000 users followed every move of research balloon named HBAL-617 on flight radar 24. It was the site's most tracked aircraft late Friday and early Saturday. And according to Reuters, who apparently also is not going to use the same story, uh, H-Bell belongs to an aeronautics company, Aerostar, Aerodyne, <laughs> uh, which is based in South Dakota. The high-altitude Chinese balloons, or the high-altitude Chinese balloon flying over the U.S. has gripped civilian and military attention worldwide and prompted the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, A. Blinken, to postpone a scheduled trip to Beijing. So, are they saying that there is one, but that wasn't what all these dipshits were were watching? Like, they were watching the wrong one, or are they saying there just wasn't one? Or was there more than one? Or was there more than Yeah, like, I'm so fucking confused. We know we saw something there, because there was footage of it everywhere. I mean, if there was more than one, that would make sense as to maybe why the U.S. is upset. You know, as a military force? It says, after some Twitter users asked whether Flight Radar 24 would track the suspected Chinese surveillance balloon, the company said, and I quote, we are not expecting a spy balloon to reveal its location by transmitting ADS-B. 
Like, here I am. The GPS Don't mind out me. There. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm just another aircraft supposed to be here. Totally cool. Aircrafts use ADS-B to broadcast their identification, position, altitude, and velocity to other vessels. So it's just like out there just like letting everybody know. Uh, there's been pressure from certain members of Congress as well as former President Donald Trump to shoot down the Chinese balloon. But authorities say it's not that simple, in part because fighter jets are just not designed to target balloons. <laughs> like, is this for real? Is this AI written? Because that is the goofiest fucking shit. But I've as ever you were saying, you know they're not built to target them because that happened once before and the bullets went right through well, it. No, that's different though. <laughs> that that's like you can't just shoot a bunch of lead through the thing. You gotta like fucking maybe fly a missile through it or so. I, I don't know but this is saying like it's just straight up like it's targeting just can't even can't even deal with it right it's moving so slow like we're we're designed to track fast stuff (laughs) if you move slow enough it's like you're not even moving just like on that movie uh yeah and then they talk about uh, a weather balloon 25 years ago two royal canadian air force fighter jets fired over a thousand rounds at it and still could not shoot it down which i'm also questioning now so Maybe that probably didn't even happen. I don't know. Maybe Business Insider, not even a real a real thing. I'll wake up tomorrow and go to do these show notes, and then the it'll just be like broken links. So you try to do your research, so, and nobody know. has the same. What, what I do know is something definitely got shot down there <laughs> and is definitely blowing what appears to be anthrax just <laughs> throughout the fucking sky. The skies over our home state. Absolutely. Looks like anthrax to me, too. Rest, rest in peace, Montana. Monchina. <laughs> Just start calling it Monchina. But that's, yeah, I don't know. Some, something ain't sitting well with me. Uh, in other news, and perhaps that is all just a diversion to, to divert us away from this. This one is called China Says It Successfully Cloned Three Highly Productive Super Cows. <laughs> These are the most productive. They're, they're not even cows anymore. These are super cows. Okay. Highly productive. What are they productive These at? These cows. You, like normal you take, cow things? You, you take a normal cow, probably types, what, five, ten words a minute? Yeah. Super cows, at least 45 words per minute. No I heard joke. it was 48. No joke. Uh, these, these three super cows here, they can produce an unusually high amount of milk. <laughs> That's kind of gross. <laughs> Uh, the state media reported hailing it as a breakthrough for China's dairy industry to reduce its dependence on imported breeds of the non-super variety. The three calves bred by scientists from the Northwest University of Agricultural and Forestry Science and Technology. They were born in the Ningxia region in the weeks leading up to the Lunar New Year on January 23rd. Uh, they were cloned from highly productive cows. <laughs> All I can picture is just cows like doing exceptionally more paperwork than like normal cows, <laughs> like in their cow office, just being like employee of the month, like three months in a row, just getting shit done. These cows, they're on a fast track right to upper management. 
These are our most highly productive cows ever. We've ever bred. <laughs> so now we have some genetically modified milk. Oh, yeah. I mean, the milk was, has, was done already, been modified genetically and, and otherwise. But now we can just produce way more of it, which is dope. Especially when you're importing uh, a bunch of your, your cows. Especially when you're a country that not like a lot of other countries really like. Like, they, they respect you. Because they know you're like that kind of crazy that like not not too crazy to where you're really you're like sticking out too bad and not getting shit done. But like that kind of crazy that you don't want to like offend because <laughs> they'll cut your head off or some shit like something real nuts. Like like snowflakes. Yeah. Well, yeah, kind of. Snowflakes. <laughs> Stop that. Uh, the first of the cloned calves was born December 30th by cesarean section because it was so productive. 56.7 keys. That's a 120-pound baby. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, the scientists made 120 cloned embryos from the ear cells of the highly productive calves. <laughs> Because they were good listeners. <laughs> and placed them in surrogate cows. Jin Yaping, the project's lead scientist, called the birth of the super cows a breakthrough that allows China to preserve the very best cows <laughs> in an economically feasible way. Oh my god, China. <laughs> Only 5 in 10,000 cows in China can produce 100 tons of milk in their lifetimes. 100 tons of milk? Fuck. Making them a valuable resource for breeding. But some highly productive cows are not identified until the end of their lives, making it obviously much difficult to then breed them, right? Oh, okay. You, you want old cows ain't really fucking as much as the younger cows. They're both equally productive in their lifetimes, just one is not fucking as much because it's at the end, getting towards the expiration date. As much as 70% of China's dairy cows are imported from overseas from their property in Montana. <laughs> That's what they were checking on. They were checking on their cattle. Okay, it uh, makes sense now. Who's the dickhead that <laughs> sold all that fucking land? Good lord. Uh, we plan to take two or three years to build up a herd compromised. Does that mean we're going to have super cows up in Montana? Are they going to bring those? Possibly. Possibly. Oh, man. That's good, too, because they got good milk shortage up there. Now, I've never had Chinese cow milk, but I imagine it tastes a lot like American cow milk, just less gunpowder. <laughs> uh, it's a solid foundation to tackle the reliance on overseas dairy cows and the issue of the risk of being choked by supply chain disruptions because sometimes we're dicks. In many countries, including here in the good old U.S. of A., farmers breed clones with conventional animals to add desirable traits such as high milk production or disease resistance into the gene pool. Come on in, the water's fine. China's made significant progress in animal cloning in recent years. Nothing about that comforts me one bit. 
Which uh, part? <laughs> the, All of that? They're making significant progress in their cloning. Uh, last year, a Chinese animal cloning company created the f- world's first cloned Arctic wolf. Yeah. So, you know, when I, when I look around, I'm like, you know what we need more of? Fucking Arctic wolves. We need, to, we need more of those in our lives. They're so furry. Why don't we go for like, well, I mean, that the fun of it sounding like going for an extinct or almost, ex, you know, like an endangered, that's what I'm looking for, endangered animal. Right. Sounds awesome. But yeah. is there a reason that these things are becoming endangered? Well, yeah, because we fucking took their I was going to say, if it doesn't have to do with us asshole humans. Well, like, what else would it have to fucking do with? I guess, they're, I mean, that's kind of like what it comes down to. We've all taken over both, you know, Arctic and Antarctic now. At least the cows are productive. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the takeaway from this is at least the cows are productive. Uh, this one is called Luxury Rehab Centres. Now offer therapy for crypto addiction. Hey, bud. Why don't you come on out of the metaverse there for a while? No, I don't want to create a free account, BBC. Get off my nuts. There was a time... <laughs> introduce you to a friend of mine named Don, which is kind of funny because there's, there's a Don in, in the, the, in the metaverse that I know this could very well be about him. (laughs) Don was pouring up to $200,000 every week into his crypto trades. What? He slept fitfully and would be up in the wee hours to monitor prices and his portfolio balance. I'd break into a sweat before going on long-haul flights as I would not be able to access the internet. Bro. Don works in a company that processes central bank digital currency. Hmm, CBDCs. Interesting. He did not want to use his real name and wishes to remain anonymous because he fears his comments could spark a backlash from his investors. Interesting. (coughs) Very interesting, Don. Very, very interesting. (laughs) Don, he went down a death, uh, a, a downward spiral, not a death spiral. That was something else. A downward spiral in the middle of 2022, as much of us did. And that's when he decided to seek help. His solution came in the form of a four-week stay at The Balance. (laughs) I need to check, make a deposit, check myself in to The Balance. A sprawling rehabilitation centre with dozens of staff on the Spanish island of Mashorca. Realistically, anything can be an addiction. Yeah, but realistically, so, you can pay $75,000 to get treated in your own private via <laughs> and be attended to by your own butler and chef. I'll tell you. I mean, I And what? I, because I, I went you're not a drug like, addict, you can get the drugs that are there at the rehab center and not feel like you're doing something wrong? Well, yeah, but when you're when you're living in a seventy five thousand dollar private villa, like you don't really need to do drugs because your life's really not that bad. You know, you got massages, yoga, bike rides, your own butler and a chef. I mean, yeah, drugs on top of that would be dope. But like, you know, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Well, why would you 
I don't know. I just feel like if I'm going to go that far out of my way, would I want to, to not treatment? be able to have a good party? Well, it doesn't sound like that's much of a party. Like, that's not much of a good time. A private villa with your own butler and chef? Yeah, no. What part of that doesn't sound like a good time? That sounds amazing. <laughs> Yoga and bike rides? <laughs> Massages? I mean, like, what fuck else do you need? Four weeks? 75 Gs? I mean, I'll tell you, I've, I've been in and out of a couple rehabs, and none of them had their own butler and personal chef. That's I guess that's why it resonates with you, because you understand the difference, like what you... Yeah, that would be dope as fuck. I'm thinking about signing up right now. <laughs> Founded in Zurich with properties in London and Majorca, The Balance describes itself as a safe space, enabling health and fulfillment. Yeah. Why do things call themselves safe spaces? Isn't like everywhere safe? I mean, what, like, what is the, that con, like, what's the opposite of that? Just a, just a, a not safe space? <laughs> like earth? I mean, I don't, that's just a weird phrase. I don't understand. Uh, I think the, it was kind of a thing that was based in like, at first, like in therapy, you know, like you're going into the therapist's office. This is a safe place to be. Like you don't have to yeah, worry about what. Yeah, but why do you have what... to say that? <laughs> That's dumb. Like I would assume that my therapist isn't like pulling me into Bosnia where fucking <laughs> like bombs are falling and shit so we can talk <laughs> about my fucking feelings. Like, yeah, no shit. It's a safe space. Uh, that just seems, seems extra. <laughs> Uh, this safe space enables health <laughs> and fulfillment. And the picture on the landing page, it's this beachfront villa, spa, and some glowing testimonials from past clients. <laughs> the Santra lists treatment programmes for anxiety, check, burnout, check, depression, <laughs> check, Post-traumatic stress disorders? I mean, why not? Sure, check. And eating disorders. <laughs> Do I have an eating disorder? No. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, for the amount of... For, for the amount of lack of movement I do, like, I'm not putting on a whole lot of weight, am I? No. I, I'm staying somewhat fit. <laughs> Running up and down the stairs ten times a day. <laughs> Hey, no. <laughs> I, I, I I recall quite a while ago, this was sometime during like the serious, solid, everybody's freaking out, not leaving their house part of the pandemic. Oh, yeah, I'm that, still there. I mean, I'm not freaking out about it. I'm just like not leaving my house. And we had Anton here on the chat room anyways, like one of those times where he was going along with comments and commenting back and stuff. That he had said that if you can't get out, that 10 times a day go up and down your stairs because you need to stay healthy. <coughs> so you're going right along with your coach's routine. Well, it's perfect. That's it's what my plan. private personal trainer has prescribed <laughs> to me. And that is what I shall do so that I can maintain this peak physical form of mine. <laughs> <coughs> 
I did though. I was dreading that shit. I was like, fuck, you're just gonna be like sitting up there all day. Like that's the dopest shit ever. But man, you're gonna put on some pounds. Cause I, I can I can get husky. But I, I'm glad that I've managed to keep it off. <laughs> uh Don says that this vacation excuse me, this treatment center <laughs> with properties in London and Mashorka. <laughs> They helped him wean off of crypto. The pandemic and a volatile crypto market have spurred a trading frenzy in digital currencies. And now luxury rehab centres are cropping up around the world, promising to treat your, quote, crypto addiction. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that this is a thing. Most of the rehab centres. The BBC has found appear to be of the luxe variety that's luxurious for for the rest of the plebs. The luxe variety and also offers treatment for other addictions. Hey, this is your one-stop treatment center resort for not only crypto, but narcotics, alcohol, and eating disorders. So you can like you can just Take care of everything in this safe space. As I, that's what I was saying. So, three rehab centres, two addiction clinics. The BBC contacted said they've received hundreds of related queries in the past two years. But addiction experts are skeptical whether crypto trading warrants such an exorbitant intervention. Hmm. Interesting. I too. Was wondering that. <laughs> it's like the porn addiction thing. Like, I guess I, I like people get addicted, quote unquote, like addicted to a lot of weird ass shit. But like some things you definitely need to like go dry out for a few weeks, you know, and if you can do it in a $75,000 fucking beach resort, why not? Fuck. Yeah. Like that's badass. You basically won addiction at that point. <laughs> like you, you win. But like, if you just like bought a bunch of shit coins and then really like that rush or like, 50x in your fucking your money and then like negative 70xing it that's when you lose it all and then some like when you you like like i don't think that necessarily you don't need like a rehab center for that you just made like dumb fucking choices <laughs> i mean you you could say that all of this is is fed I guess by dumb that would choices depend on but how that's, they're doing it like are they just different this see this they said that that they're making money off of desperate people here. Maybe perhaps you you lost your house in a crypto bet, and so you need to come here because you just don't have anywhere else to go. But but if you seventy five thousand dollars is a lot of money. You are you obviously can, not broke. You could buy a trailer and and like five acres for that. Uh, so making... is this like your wife or husband, whoever the one that isn't doing the trading is? Yeah, I feel is like going this to is leave you thing... if you keep fucking spending stupid ass money yeah. on no fucking reason. Like the tra tradfi homie bro who like lost all of his money in crypto, and his wife was like, "It's either you get help or I'm leaving," and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna Google fucking." 
crypto addiction resort party <laughs> best time ever yolo <laughs> and then like the balance this fucking loads up, up. <laughs> yes honey you're right <laughs> i've thought it over and i do need help i need the kind of help only the balance can provide me i need a little balance in my life i need i need some balance I'm going to tie up my new balance and I'm going to go, go get help. Uh, it says those who are addicted to crypto trading start to increasingly turn to it as a source of excitement and pleasure in their lives because a lot of them are incels and recluses who have neither. It is gambling and gambling is a serious well, yeah, addiction when you so hit it hard enough. so is the fucking stock market. So is leaving your house. I completely. No. I gamble uh, the every stock time market, I go I feel to the, the park. same way. You're gambling. Yeah. It's the same. It's a gambling so is, addiction. So is getting a job. Like you're gambling that your <laughs> boss isn't going to fucking shit the bed before that next paycheck. Like it's all a gamble. Life is a gamble. That is much less of a gamble than dropping. So if life is a gamble, then are we all addicted to gambling? And do we all need seventy five thousand dollar fucking balance in our lives? Perhaps. Should the government provide that for us? Perhaps. <laughs> he says, uh, "Yeah, it, you turn to it as your your source of excitement because your life provides you none." He says, telltale signs include lying, stealing, debt, <laughs> okay, facing difficulties relaxing or sleeping, monitoring crypto prices at all hours. <laughs> Do you wake up for a, a midnight piss and check the charts before you go back to sleep? <laughs> Sometimes. But I mean, that's just to see what China's doing, you know? Like, while we're sleeping, they're making moves, so sometimes you gotta, like, you know, see what they're up to. Maybe they're pumping some dumbass shit you happen to buy and, and you could dump it before you go to bed, you know? You just got paid. You you just made like 500 to to $1,000 taking a piss, basically. Thanks, China. You know what? Fly as many balloons over yonder as you want. Just keep pumping those fucking dog coins. <laughs> Uh, Don, for example, sought options for treatment when his girlfriend broke up with him after she realized oh, the extensive losses I just say call he it? had <laughs> racked up during the crypto downturn black swan event, the Gretzky of 2022. My goodness. Called that one. <laughs> Don, I feel your pain. Jane, who is a 32-year-old Lund owner whose name has been changed on nah. quest, said she would go on, quote, trading benders that lasted three to four days, which convinced her partner that she was having an affair. <laughs> I'm cheating on you with a bunch of fucking dorks on Twitter. Sorry, honey. <laughs> I think the people that do it like that, that go on like those four or five day benders, I think a lot of them are like the grifters that are just busting these like little rug pull schemes. Like they'll go just hard as fuck for like four days and like rally both sides of the fucking globe and get them all like crazy hyped up on whatever shit their dumbass fucking decided they're selling. And, and then, yeah, they just disappear. Sometimes they die. <laughs> Sometimes they go fishing. Quote unquote. 
Sometimes they go to rehab. Sometimes they got it, you know. I had to take all of your liquidity and, and go to rehab. I, I tried to say no, 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 but <laughs> I had all of this money, so I decided to go, go, go. Uh, she eventually sought help from para, Paracelsus? Paracelsus? Paralysis. Paracelsus. No, because it's thrown me off because Celsius was another one of those that like took a big old shot right in the old Dixie. So it's funny that they would name utilizing part of that that word. It's like if it was called like Luna Celsius Voyager Recovery Inc. or something, you know, like covering all of them. Uh, their programs for crypto addiction range from four to six weeks at about a hundred racks a week. $104,000 every week. <laughs> How long do you think it would take what you to cure? What does this include? I'll take three hours. I want to know what this includes. Because <laughs> this is not balanced. So. For $104,000 or 85,000 pounds sterling your online therapy sessions are about 650 bucks an hour. Your treatment, which involves blood tests, customized diet plans, yoga, acupuncture, and medication, whatever you need, whatever necessary, she added, describing it as a 360-degree approach to mental health. This is the most retarded shit I've heard in a while. We're going to... Think outside the box and take a full 360 degree, which is a circle approach to your mental health. For $104,000 a fucking week, I'll take whatever approach you want. I mean, uh, crypto addicts often need help setting boundaries, such as time limits for trading and stop loss limits, orders with instructions to close out a position when it reaches a certain price to guard investors against excessive losses. Or, and hear me out, or you could not be a pussy and YOLO that shit and ride that bitch all the way to the top and then all the way back down to the bottom. You know, choice is yours. Crypto addiction experts say is also often diagnosed. The more we sit here and talk about this, the more I wonder how much you've lost. (laughs) Not as much as I've won. No, that's probably not true. I've definitely lost more than I've won. Just (laughs) ask my tax guy. Uh, Crypto addiction experts say is also often diagnosed because of other conditions. Huh. Keith, also not his real name, said he went to Paracelsus. Recovery because of dependency on sleep meds. Huh. But he later found crypto addiction was the real cause. (laughs) What? I was dependent on these sleep meds, but it was just crypto. Sorry, guys. Uh, 51-year-old says he got hooked on crypto trading during the COVID-19 lockdown. See, that's what made that shit pump as hard as it did. Like, it was pumping just on its own, but then you have all of these fucking dumbasses just, like, sitting at home, Googling stuff, and eventually you're going to find some 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 degen fucking crypto gambling shit. Well, I mean, then, the addicts can't leave their house, do anything else. 
So you got to find yeah. a new vice. I mean, so f- you're welcome. I <laughs> uh, said it was only when my children came to stay with me over Christmas that I realized how erratic I had become. <laughs> I was hostile towards them and they were worried that I was sleeping for days at a time. What? <laughs> All the while, none of us thought my trading was part of the problem. Yeah, because you're such a good fucking trader. Alright, anyway, I, I thought that was pretty amazing. Fucking luxury rehab for D-Gens. They've added that to their, the luxury rehab has added it. I mean, if you're going to charge people that much money for, you know, doing a recovery, why not add another one to it? Yeah, might as well. I mean, whatever you need. Anything else you guys want to be addicted to, Are we cover it. Are you addicted to we religion or like hookers? I mean, whatever. Like, we'll, we'll help you. Uh, in probably one of the more American headlines this week, this one is called Federal Agents Discovered a Dumpster Filled with Almost 250 Working Rifles and Shotguns in Oklahoma and alleged that a man was given two free shotguns to hang on his wall. Here you go, sir. Those are for you, for you and the boy there. You go ahead and take those home. Why? And hang them up. Hang That's them on the wall till you away. till you need them. You 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 never know, sir. Uh, federal agents are trying to figure out why an Oklahoma gun store owner threw almost 250 guns in a dumpster and why a man was allegedly allowed to keep two of them as a memento. Uh, according to some court filings, first reported by Court Watch, January nineteenth, twenty twenty three, on Oklahoma City. Oklahoma sanitation workers stumbled upon a dumpster with 236 rifles, 12 shotguns in it, and he called the cops. Is that the, is that your first instinct? Well, I'm like betting you're gonna get to. I bet you're gonna get to the point Take where what I he's wanted. the one who got two guns. Oh, uh, because he I bet called you, it in. Because he, yeah, I bet you he was allowed to keep. Well, you could keep all of them you want because they yeah. threw it out. It's garbage. Investigators wrote that in late 2022, the owner of the store, International Firearm Corp, Anthony Mosado, had asked agents with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms how to destroy the weapons, citing a manufacturer's defect. Huh. Okay. Mosado was told in the fall by the ATF to slice the faulty guns in three different areas. All right. You got to like, so they won't fire. Several months later, on same day the agency was contacted by the sanitation worker, ATF agents visited the dumpster and found functional guns, despite being partially cut. You didn't do it right, see, so you didn't listen. The agents then encountered two men near the store who told them that they had seen the dumpster loaded with guns on separate occasions months before the January incident. So... Mike Keenum, one of the men near the store, told agents the 18 employee had been cutting the weapons outside of the store multiple days a week. When he approached the employee, he said he was interested in owning the guns. Hey man, do you want to just own these? Mr. Keenum told the man that he did not intend to shoot the guns, but rather wanted to hang them on his wall. And the dude was like, yeah man, whatever. <laughs> Take them. <laughs> He gave him two uncut firearms. Oh, yeah. You like your fucking firearms uncut? Just like... Right. Did you want those cut or uncut, raw, sir? Raw, unadulterated, uncut. That's how you have the most feeling. My firearms are uncut because that's how they 
they have the most feeling. Don't like my shit stepped on. And gave... Oh, see, you went drugs. I was thinking circumcision, like uncut cocks. You were thinking uncut drugs. See? It's a difference there. It's interesting. Uh, Mr. Keenum gave him two magazines as well. One for each firearm, obviously. You have the guns and (laughs) they're hanging on your wall. You're going to need the clips, sir. (laughs) What? This dude was just being helpful and polite, man. I don't know. (laughs) Go see extra mile. (laughs) Per the war. Yeah, give that dude a raise. Give give him a gun to take home (laughs) and a magazine. That's right. How do you think he actually is already taken home? Give him a raw, uncut firearm. Oh, yeah, you know he took some home already. He's been handing those things out like gifts. He's been out there cutting them. He's probably been selling them. That's what I'd be doing, allegedly. That's that's (laughs) money right there. Per the Warren authorities are seeking to search Masada's homes and other businesses to see whether two guns given away were documented. Of course, going to make a big deal out of this. Agents are also looking into whether he followed the gun disposal laws required. Well, of course they're fucking Probably not if he had his fucking intern out there half-ass cutting guns up and shit. If they weren't documented, he wouldn't have given a shit and would have just thrown them out just to throw them out. Right? But being documented would make you want to do your disposal, you know, properly. Like, you tried to go through all the right steps, and they're like, you have to go through all this work to cut them three ways, every one of those guns, to do this properly. He's like, well, fuck that. I told my employee to do it. He said, zit, zit, zit. Oh, that's good to go. He didn't even give him power tools, I bet. He was just like, here's a file and a hacksaw. Like, good luck. Uh, This is fucking pretty weird shit. This one is called Alligator Catfish Hybrids are being spawned in an Alabama lab. Now, I don't know if it's the fact that we're letting Alabama splice genes that makes me a little uneasy or the fact that we're creating alligator catfish hybrids. I, I, either of those things. Neither of those things sound good. Equally uneasy. In an effort to build a better catfish, yes. Researchers at Auburn University have genetically engineered a hybrid catfish species using alligator DNA. The methodology might sound scary, but the byproducts you know shit. are nearly identical to the farm-raised catfish sold in grocery stores throughout the country. Uh, Americans eat a lot of catfish. Do we really? That's got to be just a southern thing because yeah, I've never seen it anywhere I, would never I live. Never eat a cat or a fish. No. I'm definitely not eating both. <laughs> uh, it's impossible to put a number on how many chuckleheads we catch and cook on an annual basis. Chucklehead, that's south for catfish. <laughs> Is that true? Fuck that. Call I know. them chuckleheads. Hey, hey, Bill, toss me another chucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tom. Uh, regardless, it's not enough to satisfy the overall demand. In 2021 alone, we imported around 256 million pounds of chuckle heads from other countries. I don't get it. Like, do these... Foreign chuckle heads. Do people not know what a catfish is? Like, do they not know what it eats? Yeah, it's just like trash and shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I mean, do you a lot not of shit know what eats you're eating. Trash. I mean, people eat trash. I don't know. 
Oh. I don't think I don't I don't know that that I would be more concerned about like all of the fucking shit that's in the ocean, like all of the plastic that it's probably eating that now you're eating all of the the drugs and chemicals and and all that shit. Like that's what I'd be more worried about. But I just catfish are gross. Like fish are just gross. So I don't know why people be eating that shit. I'm not a real big fish fan either. Uh, but yeah, we import 256 million pounds of them chuckleheads in. And then we commercially produce here at home 307 million pounds. So that's over 500 pounds of chuckleheads right right there that we, we need. It says most of these farm-raised fish come from the south, primarily Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi, and Texas. All my exes are. We're the deep-fried delicacy's true soulmate, the hush puppy. That's where that was born, right there. Bless your heart in Texas. Okay, those things are good. Hush puppies? Yeah. It's just a chucklehead, bread and buttered. Shit. Deep-fried that. No way. Shit. You've been eating chuckleheads again. (laughs) The only problem raising catfish in farm ponds is that these water bodies turn into breeding grounds for disease. Yuck. Farmers lose a huge number of fish every year to various infections. Humans eat the rest, so that's gross. That's why researchers at Auburn University are trying to create a more resilient catfish. With some genetic engineering and a little pinch of alligator DNA? Shit. A little PBR, a little alligator DNA, <laughs> a little my DNA. <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm jerking off in the thing again. <laughs> we spawn a new hybrid catfish species that is more resistant to infection. <laughs> uh, to achieve this, Rex Dunham and Bao Fang Su use good old CRISPR. Splice some jeans, a little copy pasta, a little cut and paste. And we can uh, edit these genes of plants and animals. And we're already looking for a genetic component to increase the hardiness of these freshwater catfish, these chuckleheads. And that search led him to a unique protein found in alligators called Catholicidinian. So, you know... We added more Catholicidinian to these chuckleheads, and now we can grow more of them in this nasty-ass fucking sewage water. That's a win-win right there for America, because we eat over 500 million fucking pounds of chuckleheads every year. <laughs> fucking chuckleheads. So gross. Uh, yeah, in an interview with the Ireland-based fish site, Dunham explained that this antimicrobial... It's even more gross to think that they're in there like that many dead and nasty... Yeah, like the the ones like that they catch that that don't get put into the food supply. Like I yeah, you know there's some shit slipping in. You know that shit. I mean, well, they, and they took some yeah, of those out of the. Yeah. You know, those ones survived Fucking with. Oh, they're all right heads. before we. You know, before they do catch that, so mm. they swooped in and took them out. Yeah, and those are the ones that are surviving. And you're eating. I feel like we're pretty lucky in the the time frame of which we were like growing ourselves because we we got our immune systems exposed to a lot of like real shit. And so we were able to build up somewhat of a natural immunity to it before all of this like other shit 
it starts popping off like crazy infected chuckleheads and like listeria and all that other shit. It's the future generations you gotta watch out for. Fucking chuckleheads. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, they thought that Can't this... they eat some normal shit like no. beef? No. Oh, we'll get to beef, don't you worry. <laughs> this cathelicidin, uh, this antimicrobial protein, is thought to protect the gators from developing them infections in their wounds. That's why gators live so long. They got all that cathelicidin in them. The team figured if they could insert that gene into the catfish, well, shit, we got ourselves a, a more resilient fish right there, a more resilient chucklehead. Uh, one fear that came up during the experiment, of course, was the risk of a genetically modified super fish escaping from farms and going all like Spider-Man 2. Was that the one with the reptile dude? Doesn't even to have to go back? like crazy Spider-Man 2. In general, like, that becomes an invasive species. Yeah, that's what they're worried about. Uh, but to prevent this, they said they used the CRISPR gene editing tool to remove a catfish gene associated with reproduction. <laughs> we found the gene that makes your balls in your dick and we turned it off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, take that, you fucking chucklehead. <laughs> yeah. So all of them are being made in a lab? Like, or uh, yeah, being- yeah. We just turned off their reproduction. We turned off the pecker switch. It's what we call it in the lab. We found the pecker switch gene, and we just flipped it off. Uh, then they, yeah, they replaced it with the alligator gene. The gene swapped. The hybrid catfish are unable to reproduce because they ain't got no dicks. <laughs> I think it would have to be, fuck, which way would it have to work? It can work either way because it don't matter because you know what? Nature finds a fucking way. <laughs> That's right. Uh, follow-up experiments proved that the survival rates of these hybrid fish were between two and five-fold higher. While they haven't been peer-reviewed yet or tasted, their findings have since been published in BioRxiv. Because of the ethical concerns hmm, surrounding CRISPR technology and genetic modification, regulatory approval for these hybrid catfish is not a certainty. The experiment has already raised doubts among the larger scientific community as well. I, too, have my doubts. Some have argued that even if these hybrids are more resilient, most fish farmers don't have a use for lab-spawned sterile fish. Yeah, these fish ain't gonna fuck themselves. I mean, (laughs) and even though the hybrid species is still just a catfish, There's also, of course, the marketing problem of selling hybridized alligator catfish to consumers. What sounds like to me, and now I ain't a chucklehead professional by any stretch of the imagination, but that sounds like a a Monsanto situation here where we'll just keep selling you the sterilized fish and then you grow them, kill them, package them, eat them, sell them, and then you just keep buying more. Instead of being able to have, like, something that resembles a natural, like, homeostasis in the ecosystem. For you to have something that keeps reproducing and you're not having to... So you just have to keep buying your, like, grain seeds and shit from them? Isn't that how it works? And that's they just, like, make money hand over fist over chucklehead? It's fucking crazy, man. Got a money market scheme. Motherfucking money market schemes, I'll tell you what. 
Uh, Netflix in the news, outraging customers as per usual. This one is called <laughs> Netflix deletes new rules on account sharing after public outrage. Says U.S. customers yet to be affected. See, they knew better. They knew who watched the majority of their bullshit. And they're like, it's the U.S. Y'all working from home, sitting around in Twitter spaces all day, just playing Netflix in the background, you know? And they were going to fucking, they were going to chop up those passwords. And now they're like, maybe not a good idea since there's like 80,000 other fucking services. Yeah. I was going to say the streaming roars uh, kind of put a damper on that. They were the big dog when they were the only dog. Now that you're not the only dog, you're not looking so big, are you? That's right. All the good shows that you like used to watch that you were like, well, fuck it. You know, I'd rather not have to spend that kind of money. You could spend the same amount of money you're spending on Netflix, but get to go watch those shows again. Yeah, I don't even give a fuck. I will fire up BitTorrent so fast. I will cancel all my fucking streaming accounts and go back to fucking pirate warfare days. The cable companies forced us to go this route. And then we got our a la cartes and then they slowly jacked up their prices to now we're probably all paying more than what we were. But at least we get them all in individual apps, which is fucking retarded. Uh, After details on how Netflix planned to crack down on account sharing caused an intense wave of backlash. The streaming service deleted its new rules on its official (laughs) website and attempted to clarify the upcoming changes. They previously said they planned on rolling out paid account sharing near the end of March 2023, but didn't go into much detail about what that would look like. Once those details were revealed, many were not happy. You can pay us more and then you can share your password. Or you can go fuck yourself and get paid nothing and I'll still watch all your dumb shows. (laughs) Or just forget that you even exist. I mean, either way, you know. It's not the end-all, be-all. Yeah, they're not going to be able to do that until the other companies decide. Do, do we have our, is our shit out there? You got, like, all of your family Shane's on the only one. Account? Shane's the only one that still has that. <laughs> and he's, for it, if it's not logged into his PS whatever he has these days, or is, you know xbox whichever one he has then he doesn't really have it either yeah (laughs) it was typed in uh i guess the countries that were affected they also had some backlash just backlash all around for netflix this week many critics were thrashing their apparent decision to move forward on account sharing restrictions with some threatening to cancel their subscriptions or pirate their content allegedly (laughs) Allegedly, I did. I didn't say I was gonna. I said allegedly. <laughs> Fuck around and find out, Netflix. I fucking dare you. I can't even fucking watch HBO on the goddamn Chromecast. Tell you about my fucking first world problems. Trying to watch The Last of Us finally because I thought I'd give it a few weeks. Let that shit fucking simmer. Right? Let a few episodes come out, because obviously now they have to fucking dick-tease us with every goddamn thing they make. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll just wait. Totally forget about it. Whatever. Just keep paying fucking $20 a month or whatever the fuck HBO charges now. Finally go get some time to watch it, 
and Chromecast it and just not working. I, I don't even know what to describe that as. Just a complete shit show of lights and signal. And it just wouldn't work. Yes, I tried turning it off and then on again. That didn't work. Even more, I we called changed the Chromecast. Support. We put the other Chromecast. We, we swapped out <laughs> fucking Chromecast. Had Chromecast corporate on the phone with my corporate liaison. Trying to come to some sort of fucking agreement here so I can watch this goddamn show based on a video game I played like three times. It was dope. But fuck, man. Yeah, little gains in the chat knows. That's that's what I feel like every time I fucking go to watch it. And it's just like giving me that fucked up shit. Like fucking sort your signal out. Disney's How, doing the same thing. Like they do 50% that shit on purpose. I don't know what the fuck. Tell you they fuck up our new TV, and I'm gonna have some yeah, serious. They might have fucked up issue. our last one. I don't know. TVs might just go old when you leave them on twenty four seven for eight years. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't show such pretty pictures on it, I wouldn't just leave it on all the time. But fuck, man. But it happened right after HBO the last time and Disney both did the, um, that whole thing. Remember when it zapped up and down the screen? Yeah. And then that line just yeah. happened to show up right some there. Bullshit. Some <laughs> might even go so far as to say perhaps a little planned obsolescence. They were like, you know, our records here show that you haven't purchased a new television in nine Black Fridays. So... <laughs> Go ahead and just send that special signal right on down the line. Dude, you and him didn't even wait till a fucking special. No. Y'all were just you like rolling when, when and you're you like. <laughs> you don't wait for anything. I don't wait for anybody or anything. When I'm balling, I'm balling. Get out the way. That's all. Simple. Uh, Netflix co-CEO Greg Peters said in January that his company's new anti-account sharing plan will help nudge non-paying users into creating their own accounts. Oh, yeah? <laughs> to that which the user said, hold our beer, Greg. <laughs> We've got folks that are watching Netflix who aren't paying us as part of basically borrowing somebody else's credentials. Well, imagine this. Peter, we have garbage on Netflix that we're watching that we don't even fucking care about, and we're really not even watching. We're just wasting bandwidth, ours and yours, just for background noise. So, you know, think about that. Greg. Peters. <laughs> Our goal is over this year to basically work through that situation and convert many of those folks to be paid accounts or to have the account owner pay for them to get enough subscription. But either way, we're seeking to sort of monetize the viewing value that we're delivering. Oh, Greg. Oh, Greg. So really, he's just waiting for someone to switch over oh, to a Greg. different streaming service. That viewing value, Greg... Let me tell you a little something about corporate viewing values. Put fucking ads in your show. See what happens. Oh, God. I'll throw that TV out the window. Uh, again, Netflix changes to its account sharing rules may only apply to customers in certain countries right now. 
not ours, <laughs> but the company has already said it plans on staggering release of its new policy in the beginning of March. Well, Greg, we'll be... Ooh, don't turn that one off. Oof. Wrong keyboard. <laughs> uh, well, Greg, we'll be on a Twitter space waiting for you to make a fucking move. Make a fucking move, Greg. I choices in life, Greg. Think about There's it. There's choices, Greg. I don't think you know how many angry lunk the cards we can turn will on not be well. and point in your direction, Greg. Uh, this one is called Naked Man Ran Through Des Moines Hotel Swinging Toilet Plunger. Interesting. A 20-year-old man accused of running naked through a hotel in Des Moines, Iowa, wielding a toilet plunger and pulling the fire alarms. <laughs> Trevin Hill, 21, of Las Vegas, was arrested January 28th and charged with assault while displaying a dangerous weapon, first-degree criminal <laughs> mischief, and the disorderly conduct. According to the Des Moines Police Department, Hill approached a victim on the 18th floor stairwell. <laughs> this is all, the, all the dope shit at hotels always takes place in the stairwells. I don't know if you've stayed in many hotels, uh, but if you ever do... I really do, haven't. Check out the stairwells. That's where all the dope shit is happening. Uh, this was one in the Marriott downtown. Had the toilet plunger in the 18th floor stairwell. <laughs> Naked. That sounds sanitary, the naked buddy. The man yelled, quote, I'm going to expletive get you. What do you think? I'm going to fucking get you. I'm going to <laughs> cunting get you. It's got to be fucking. Fucking's the only one that. <laughs> I'm going to bitching get you. Yeah, it's got to be fucking. You're right. <laughs> this is like uh, Mad Libs over here. Them, yelling. Police said that multiple people saw Hill allegedly pull fire alarms around the hotel. The man continued running on several floors, swinging the plunger until he was finally subdued by the popos. And off to jail he went. Of all he weapons to choose. He posted bail, though, so. A toilet choices. brush. Choices, Greg. <laughs> there are choices. Speaking of choices. Before we get out of here, I thought this one was pretty amusing. New York City. Get a rope. This one is called 27-year-old pays $1,850 every month to live in an old New York City laundromat. I knew true community as a child, and I know it again now. At this fucking laundromat, I pay $1,800 a month to live in. What? His name's Samson Dahl. While Samson Dahl's ex-girlfriend thought the old laundromat he was considering as a potential new apartment was, quote, disgusting. He saw the potential for a great live workspace, and he moved in a month later. I don't think a space needs to be a perfect representation of what we hope a simple mind looks like. Oh, Dahl, you're so deep. I think a space should be an imperfect representation of the people who are in it at that moment in their lives. That's, that's what I do. That's basically what I do with, with terror spaces. I think each <laughs> and every space should be this imperfect representation of the people that are in that very space. 
at the moment of their fucking lives that they're in it for. God damn, I need to like find a laundromat to move my studio into. Yeah, do you really want to do that? No, I like my studio right here. I like my studio 10 feet, no further than 10 feet from my sleeping studio. The 27-year-old production designer is no stranger to living in commercial spaces. He used to live in a warehouse in Chicago, so he knew going into his apartment hunt that he wanted to repeat that experience. What? I lived in a shithole in Chicago, and, like, I just, I knew that that was the experience I want here in New York. (laughs) I'm just curious, like, okay, everything's so expensive to live in those places. If it was worth it to him to pay less, like, you know, a grand less to live in a bigger space, you know? Yeah, but it's not. It's not even worth it to live in that (laughs) space for that much. Like, that's insane. A little laundromat? But I don't think you can get a studio apartment. He's probably like a fucking writer. What does this guy do? I bet he's a fucking, he's a Web3 influencer, I bet you. It's the kind of cringe shit they would do. Yeah, I just like felt like drawn to the community at the wash and dry on 61st. And I knew that like that's where I needed to live. I wanted to wake up with the community putting quarters into the wash and dry. But I don't think the washer and dryers are there anymore. Said, I like the freedom of a commercial space, even though there are definitely fewer tenant rights. Do tenants even have rights anyway, though? So I don't think that matters. Something feels more ethical about moving into a vacant storefront that's been empty for years than taking up an apartment in some residential neighborhood that you're not familiar with. I mean, I, I guess... But, like, you could say the reverse of that and that, well, I guess if it was empty for a year, maybe there isn't exactly, like, a a line of businesses to go in there. But you're now taking up that spot that a business maybe could. And a business can't go to a residential. So, I mean, you are kind of the dick. But that's that's life when you're living in the moment of the space with the people that are in it, you know? (laughs) Just drying our clothes. Uh, He found the former laundromat in Maspeth, Queens in an online form in 2019. A former tenant added a small kitchen that gives Dahl enough space to have a sink, stovetop, and toaster oven. The laundromat has not been in working order since 2005. What? So all that shit's been ripped out of there forever. Because you should check those. There might be bodies in some of those machines bro when he first moved in march 2019 the rent was 1750 and he paid two months rent up front and an 875 security deposit then 2021 his rent went up to 1850 bro i feel your fucking pain <laughs> that's like literally what fucking happened to us except we're not living in a shitty fucking laundromat but I feel your pain, man, raising rent like that. Some bullshit. Now I got to wonder, like, exactly. Like, did my fucking, did my wages increase? No. My fucking cost of living did, so that's dope. My fucking cost of, like, actual living did, like, food and shit, so that's dope. And now you're raising the rent to live in this fucking play school fucking house. Thanks. 
Yeah, I don't know why there's so many people shooting other people in this country. That's the weirdest thing. I mean, you would think at, at this rate, everyone's just perfectly happy. He pays 120 bucks for electricity and 60 bucks for the internet. <laughs> nice. Dollars in production design. One of the perks of the job is access to a lot of free furniture, and the projects are done, so he's used to that to decorate the space. Average rent sweet. for a studio apartment this in New a, York. He's a hoarder. Is nineteen hundred dollars. So he's getting this a is deal. Studio. He's getting a deal then. He's yeah, got the whole what, laundromat. I figured that was kind of the sitch. You want a one bedroom? Now you're up to two thousand. You want two bedrooms? Twenty five hundred. How about no bedrooms? <laughs> Open floor plan, baby. That's what <laughs> Open I want. Open floor plan. <laughs> That's badass. <laughs> I would just like fire up a couple of those things, like put a coin machine up. Well, do you see how he's like, I have room that when he said I have room for a whole sink, a whole ca- yeah. like I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Why would you do you just like just continue living like that because you don't know anything else? And that's just like cool. Because like I, I, I would leave and go to a much less crowded place. And I get it, like you can't always just up and leave. But like, I feel like. This dude probably could, but maybe, maybe people like that kind of shit. That's good. Stay there and don't come here. (laughs) Not like in a racist way, just like in a human crowded way, right? I don't understand people. Your weather balloons. (laughs) Wanting to live that way. Uh, For Dahl, his favorite part of living in the former laundromat is the sense of community he gets from his neighbors because it reminds him of his childhood. I grew up in a laundromat much like this. What if it was that one? The 27-year-old grew up (laughs) on a commune in Texas that he described as, quote, not a cult, but a non-profit (laughs) humanitarian organization. Gains, write this down. So definitely a cult. Gains. Bro. When you start a sentence with... Like, sentence like, I'm not racist, but, or it wasn't a cult, but. This is not a cult, but, <laughs> all right, write this down. A nonprofit humanitarian organization that did disaster relief and homeless outreach. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, what do you guys do? Uh, yeah, we uh, are disaster relief and homeless outreach experts. I myself was professional homeless for 22 years. My partner. So here, they target people <laughs> that have no homes into joining their cult. That I mean, you know, that's by giving them a home. It's not a cult. <laughs> it's an outreach. It's an outreach center. <laughs> I'm thinking of opening up my own crypto addiction research center and outreach research and outreach. I think that really molded this kind of open-door policy that I've had and maintained my adult life. That's how my mom always lived. Yeah, your mom had an open-door policy. Uh, It's because of that philosophy that Dahl has made it so that his living space is open to others. That is kind of cool. I used to be like that before. Uh, He even has his fridge and communal swing out front. Yeah, guys, this is my sex swing. This is the fridge. Feel free to use either or, unless, of course, I'm using it. (laughs) Uh, The washer and dryer don't work, but we're working on that. (laughs) 
Uh, Could you imagine that? Like living in a fucking space that used to be a laundromat and your washer and dryer and not working. putting your sex swing out Or front. not having a washer and dryer. That community feeling has proved essential for Dahl, especially after he was mugged in the neighborhood a couple months ago. Oh yeah, was that, that wasn't your community though, right? That was like somebody else's this different community. People are looking out for me more than I'm looking out for myself, and that is true community. That's the communitility that I, I yearn for. I knew true community as a child, and I know it again now. It's really weird that this article is using the word community so much. That's just a really weird thing. Uh, although Dal loves the space he created, which also includes a songwriting and organ station. Ooh. He says he only lives there because it's what he can afford right now, but he hopes to move out and have it continue to be a collaborative studio space. It'll just be an open store for whoever wants to come in and learn to paint or continue a painting or harvest organs or learn to record a song or continue a so song So he's charging or people to come into his living space That's so he can dope. afford yeah, to get an actual hey, space later. Come on in here. Hey, man. I will sacrifice my space now. You come on in here, I'll record your space, you come invade my space, and then at some point I'll have a space of my own. And that's life in a New York City laundromat. And I will continue to charge you to come to For this space. For $18.50 a fucking month. Woo! Woo! So much. Uh, do I want to do this one right now? I thought this was kind of interesting because I am kind of experiencing uh, a little of this right now uh, from Fortune. This one is called Ads in My Way. This one is called You Need to <laughs> Detach. You Need to Detach. This one is called I Need to Detach and Psychologically Recover from Work, professors say. Commuting is a liminal space where that can happen. Interesting. So we all know that my commute went from like 20 minutes in the car, smoking spliffs on the way, drinking Rockstar, listening to podcasts, just having a good time before work, and then 20 minutes back, listening to the rest of the podcast, smoking spliffs, just having a good time on the way back. Uh, now my, my, my commute is like 10 feet, Maybe, I mean, obviously I can stretch that out if I go downstairs first and then come, come into the studio. Uh, but not really any sort of separation between my professional and my communal, my liminal spaces, <laughs> my mind spaces. And I didn't really think of it until I saw this and then I was reading it and I was like, oh shit, that's why. I hate everything. That makes sense. Uh, For most American workers who commute, the trip to and from the office takes nearly one full hour a day. If you're a sucker. 26 minutes each way on average with 7.7% of workers spending two hours or more on the road. That's a glorious commute. My dad used to do that commute. From Lancaster to LA every morning. Road rage, man. Mm -mm. I just keep looking at your poor speakers. What? <laughs> My poor speakers? What? They're going to be just black say- soon. <laughs> black? What are you talking about? From all the weed smoke? They went from white to, yeah. No, they weren't white. They were always this off gray. They weren't white. 
You just want people to think my fucking studio is more dingy than it really is. It's very comfortable and cozy. In no, here. it's you nice very in much. here. And they Not don't even have that much nice. fucking dust on them yet. Maybe if you did your fucking job instead of slept all day and cleaned some shit, we wouldn't have so much fucking dust in here. I don't touch your speakers I or know. your work equipment. Well, maybe then you need to start and, and clean up. Because I don't want to break your shit. Well, then hire a maid. I will vacuum and dust the rest <laughs> while you do that. But uh, Many people think commuting is a chore and a waste of time because they haven't discovered the beauty of podcasts, specifically thejamhole.com <laughs> and terraspaces.org. However, during the remote work surge resulting from COVID-19 pandemic, several journalists curiously noted that people were, hmm, could it be, possibly, hmm, missing their commutes? Hmm. One woman told the Washington Post that even though she was working from home, she regularly sat in her car in the driveway at the end of the work day like a fucking plub in an attempt to carve out some personal time and mark that transition from work to non-work roles. That's amazing. I don't have any of that because it's like a round the clock kind of thing. Like if I'm up, I'm probably working or I'm at the park or I'm sleeping, in which case I'm not up. This lady actually <laughs> clocks out, goes out to her car and like pretends to pull in and just sits there and like gets her shit all composed. <laughs> I'm going to have to start doing that. All right, guys, clocking out for the day. Have a good day. And then just walk out to the car. It makes sense to an extent. It makes sense that we're all fucking Looney Tunes. As management scholars who study the interface between people's work and personal lives, we sought to understand what it was that people missed when their commute suddenly disappeared. I miss my podcast time, really. I mean, that's... I don't listen to near as many episodes of a Yeah Dude or Distorted View or The Skeptic's Guide or any of that shit because I'm not driving. So I try to or listen to it whenever I'm driving. Or having earbuds in your ears while doing yeah. your job. Yeah. If I'm listening to anything, it's more fucking spaces while I'm editing spaces while I'm editing spaces. It's all spaces all the way down. In our recently published conceptual study, we argue that Commutes are a source of liminal space, a time free of both home and work roles that provides an opportunity to recover from work and mentally switch gears to home. It's that time when you can just like blast some like fucking West Side connection <laughs> and just like be as gangster as you want to be because you're in your safe space in your fucking <laughs> car just like spitting game to the fucking imaginary friend in the car with you during the me time during the shift to remote work many people lost this built-in support for these important daily processes <laughs> without the ability to mentally shift gears people experience role blurring which can lead to stress which can lead to smoking a lot more fucking weed. Without mentally disengaging from work, people can experience burnout. Huh. Do you or someone you love 
experience the symptoms of burnout? Perhaps our $75,000 a day (laughs) rehab clinic can be what you need. Call us and I'll rent you out my studio space and we can have communal rehab time together and you can pay me $75,000 a day. We have one in-house chef, my girl here, and we have one in-house butler, my girl right here. <laughs> we, we have one in-house nurse, my girl right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we reviewed research on commuting, role transitions, and work recovery to develop a model of typical American workers' commute liminal space. We focused our research on two cognitive processes, psychological detachment from the work role, mentally disengaging from the demands of work, and psychological recovery from work, rebuilding stores of mental energy used up during work. See, I'm a professional, so I get my mental energy in the form of 160 milligrams of caffeine, 260 calories, taurine, those motherfuckers right there Protein. should be sponsoring you. <laughs> I'm not saying their name, but that's what I that's where I get all of my my energy, Ooh, my is mental. Is that it? We quit saying their name now? <laughs> you just don't say their name cuz it's not video. Nobody saw the can that I was holding up that was black with the gold star on it. Like nobody <laughs> saw that. So, yeah. No more free publicity here. No. However, we also found that day-to-day variations may affect whether this liminal space is accessible for detachment and recovery. For instance, train commuters must devote attention to not getting mugged or jerked off on or peed on or pooped on or whatever else fucking you animals are doing in those train cars. Good lord. Uh, Attention to selecting their route, monitoring arrivals or departures, and ensuring they get off (laughs) at the right stop. Whereas car commuters just put that shit on cruise control and roll. Especially if you got a Tesla, you probably ain't even driving to work anymore. You're just like checking your charts. Uh, we found that on one hand, more attention to the act of commuting means less attention that could otherwise be put towards shit posting on Twitter or whatever your favorite app is. Relaxing recovery activities like listening to music and podcasts like the jam hole. On the other hand, longer commutes might give people more time to detach and recover. In an unpublished follow-up study we conducted ourselves, we examined a week of commutes of 80 university employees to test our conceptual model. The employees completed morning and evening surveys asking about the characteristics of their commutes, whether they shut off from work and relaxed during the commute, and whether they felt emotionally exhausted when they got home. I mean, if, you, if you're getting home from anything and not just feeling exhausted... Uh, you're probably a lot younger than we are. <laughs> they, yeah, did they consider age into this situation? Uh, I just like, I wake up and I'm just like, oh, God, I'm so exhausted already. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I haven't even done anything yet. I just know what, what the day is going to entail. I'm just like. That's your burnout <sighs> right there talking. 
I mean, I could, I could very easily just like not do anything all day, but then I'm just like sitting there. I'm like, ah, so exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter. So I might as well do something, right? Uh, they had a bunch of preliminary findings that align with the related research suggesting that those who have returned to the workplace might benefit from seeking to use their commute to relax as much as motherfucking possible. To help enhance work detachment and relaxation during the commute, commuters could try to smoke more weed and avoid ruminating about the workday. Perhaps bring a flask of your favorite whiskey and take shots. <laughs> Shots, shots, shots. About to emotionally detach at this bitch. Uh, Instead, focus on personally fulfilling uses of the commute time, like snorting lines off a CD case. (laughs) (laughs) Door dashing some fucking Dairy Queen. Uh, Such as listening to music or podcasts like the Jam Hole. (laughs) Or calling a friend. I hate when people do that, when they're just like bored driving and they call you. So now it's like, I got to be bored with you while you're driving like that. I don't know. That that shit bugs me. What's gotten to me is I guess everybody who calls much, me but. thinks they have to fucking video call me. Mm-hmm. Dude, you're not even looking at me because oh, yeah. I'm walking around my house. So I'm not looking at you. Like no, I literally have my that's phone. That's rude. You stop what you're doing <laughs> and spend some fucking time connecting with your community. Don't be a bitch. Well, when you want to sit on the phone with me for like an hour, hour and a half. I like, wouldn't want to sit on the phone with anybody for that long. I don't want to sit on the phone with you for like any minutes. Like you as in any of you and her. Anybody. <laughs> Like, I just don't, I don't, I don't want to talk to you on the phone. <laughs> well, like, I'm if I've got my Bluetooth in and, like, okay. I'm getting shit done, cool. But, no, I don't want to just stare at you on my phone Yeah, while I no, wear there's my a, Bluetooth. It makes sense, like, when it's Christmas and mom wants to, like, watch, watch the kid open presents and shit like that. But, like, yeah, I'm not just, like... Or if you want to call and talk to me for, like, so, five hey, minutes like and that look family and say, hey. guy where Peter and his... He's like, so, hey, Quagmire, what are you up to? And they just, like, call each other up, like, women. That shit was funny. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, Peter. That was a good show. All right. Uh, Anything else? I think that was it. That should be good. I can't think ben anything else. Ben was going to come on the show today, but then he decided that he was going to sleep instead. So fuck him. <laughs> he said he'll come on the show next week. So jokes on him. We're just not going to do a show next week. So fuck him. Ha <laughs> ha. No, we'll probably do one next week. We're trying to be more weekly about these, if you've noticed. Because we're almost at episode 800. So, you know. I know. What dope. do you want to do? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> it's almost the anniversary again because it's right after your birthday, huh? And that's coming up. Oh, yeah. So you got like the anniversary. When is that? The 11th? How many years has it been? Oh, first of all, it's the 16th. Fuck me. But what we got here? 08? February 08? It was February. 09, 10, 11, 12, 30, 40, 50, 60, 18. Fuck, I'm out of fingers. It says 10, 11, <laughs> It's like 14 years. Is that for real? 2023? How many years is that? From 08? It's 15. 
15 years? Good lord. It's like a chunk of my adult life just wasting away on this podcast. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Changes, baby. All the changes. But the thing about that is, it's your life is documented right. the My whole time. My life is dopest. Oh, documented. Yeah, it's also So documented. when you grow up, when she grows up. And when I like, grow up. Dad, what did, I, what did you do? Like, what was your life like? You could say, here, honey, and just <laughs> shoot. Like, whatever There's you like- do, don't listen to this. <laughs> I, I need to, like, tie that shit to my heart so that when my heart stops beating, it <laughs> destroys all of these servers, except for the Terra Spaces archives that will need to live on forever. That's what Dana said when I was talking to her fucking years ago. She was talking about how she's glad that she separated from the jam hole before her daughter would ever know it existed. Oh, yeah. Well, that worked out well. So, yeah, uh, you know. All right. Email info at thejamhole.com. If you email thejamhole.com, that's the website. Check it out. The link to the telegrams in there. It's where we do these shows live probably every Sunday, every other Sunday, right around there, something like that. Uh, you can hang out in there throughout the week too. Say hey, toss up stupid news stories, talk shit about everything that's happening else in the world around us. It's all good times. You never know; it might get featured on the next Sunday's episode. It probably of the won't, jam. but that's you know, a lie. You can you can try. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll see you at uh, at the board at the board meeting first thing Monday morning. Uh, thanks for listening. Y'all. Peace out. Hi. Put your hands up like you got a couple questions Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing All aggressive, insane from all directions Smoke blows in when I start a session Plank canvas, blaze up the handlers Rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck Don't grind the clutch, mind your hush Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse But in the universe, I'm just writing some words Enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd, let me take you on the journey Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern For certain, got the taxes included Acting like a writer, never felt secluded Just another fixed game of try my luck Oh, lighten up, dog. it could always be worse Unless you're in the back of a hearse Then you're dead, or putting in new speakers It's a toss-up, driver, or just tweakers Don't stress, yo, I've done the research Living life like a bunch of fucking lemurs It's a remake, off the cutting floor we take A little bit of poison and put it in the cheesecake Tastes great, less filling, less stress, more killing As he blew the cornerstone out the building And the blocks came tumbling down all humble Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle Rebuttal, I should be taking off in the shuttle Getting high in space with the Hubble
Fuck crypto. You are listening to 